Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with 11 Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope you are having a good Sunday and that you've been enjoying your weekend. And I hope you're um, ready to get into the Word of God this morning because we're going to open up His Word and do a study on the topic of freedom. But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we praise you. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for, God, just pouring out your grace and your mercy, your love, your goodness out upon us, Lord, in more measure than we can even contain. Thank you for your Son, Jesus, your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the salvation, Jesus, that you purchased for us on the cross. And we praise and thank you for rising up from that grave on the third day. For, God, you raised Jesus back to life. And all who believe can have eternal life with you. And I pray for people listening today who have not made that decision to give their lives to you, Jesus. I pray today will be the day they surrender to you and experience your love, your forgiveness, your salvation, the freedom that you give us. Father, I lift up each person with needs. God, you know each one of our needs, Lord, whether they're spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, whatever. God, we just lift them up to you. Ask you, Father, to, to help us. And Father, I thank you in Matthew chapter 6. You, you promise us that if we seek first your kingdom, Lord Jesus, and your righteousness, then these things we have need of, you'll take care of. So, Father, may we purposely seek you first, above, above anyone else, above anything else. And as we open up your word now, Father God, we ask you to reveal your truth to us. Holy Spirit, we ask you to teach us and guide us. And may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. And it's in Jesus' holy name I pray in. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. The topic of freedom, often when we think of freedom, we think about like our nation's freedom. July 4th, we celebrate the freedoms that we have on Independence Day. And I was blessed to speak uh, to a crowd, a large crowd in Pakistan two weeks ago on their Independence Day. Now, I wasn't there in person, but through the wonders of the internet, uh, we were able to broadcast live in Pakistan, and it was just awesome. And God, God's just doing wonderful things there and all over the world, and to be able to share his message there was a tremendous blessing. But the freedom that I'm talking about today is freedom that we can only find in Jesus Christ. The freedoms that we have here in America are wonderful, and we are so blessed, tremendously blessed beyond anything we can imagine, unless you have been to other countries and experienced what they experience, and it's not freedom like we know it as. And so we are very blessed here. But the freedom that Jesus gives us is even better than that because it's freedom in our souls, freedom in our spirit to overcome sin because the truth be known, we are all enslaved to something. I know slavery isn't a popular PC word right now, but what I'm talking about is we are enslaved to something, and that something is sin until we come to Jesus, and he sets us free from that, and we get to serve him the rest of our lives and through all eternity, and, there, and he sets us free from sin. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Our, our key scripture is going to be Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again 
to a yoke of slavery. Now, Paul is writing that. I'm going to set up the background for you so you can understand what's going on here in this scripture. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia, which is now modern-day Turkey, so you know where that's at. Paul, he had preached the gospel, he had evangelized, and he had started the Galatian church around 47 A.D., and he wrote this letter in 48 A.D., not long after, about a year after the the church was, was founded and started to grow. And the reason why he had to write this letter is because there were false teachers who had infiltrated the church of Galatia, and they were teaching that Christians must be circumcised. These false teachers, they what they were really trying to do was to win converts for themselves and to win approval of leaders in, of Judaism to show that they can win converts to a form of Judaism. So what they were doing is they were adding works to salvation, and works does not come into play in salvation. Jesus came to give us salvation, our faith in him and the work that he did on the cross. He saves us. We can't do enough works to earn salvation. And this false teaching started to cause division in the church. So Paul penned this letter through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he wanted to try to confront this this false teaching and dispel the confusion that it had caused. And the, the Apostle Paul, he had preached that salvation is only available through Jesus. And Paul started that church in Galatia on that truth. And now these false teachers were coming in teaching a false gospel. And we read in Galatians 5.1 that Paul writes, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. To set free means to liberate from moral, ceremonial, or mortal liability. To set free from the dominion of sin. That's what Christ came to do. To set us free from the dominion of sin. It's like when a nation is liberated. It's set free from oppression, from hostilities, from outside forces. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, he sets us free from the oppression and tyranny of sin. I want to ask you this question. Have you experienced that kind of freedom, the freedom that only Jesus can give to you and to me? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? In this letter, the Apostle Paul reminds the Galatians and us of the truth of the gospel that he preached to them and told them they needed to return to that truth. In chapters 3 and 4 in Galatians, Paul defends his doctrine by justification by faith alone against the false teaching that added works to faith as necessary conditions for salvation. So he was counteracting that. He was bringing the truth back to the church to remind them of where their faith truly is to be grounded in. That's in Jesus Christ, not in works. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what Paul preached in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, Paul really lays out the good news. And the good news is what the word gospel means. So Paul is is preaching good news here and going to share that with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, 
that Christ died for our sins in accordance with with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. The gospel that sets us free is what Paul wrote right here in Galatians, I mean in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried, and in three days God raised him back to life. Only Jesus, only Jesus has conquered death, sin, and Satan. Only Jesus can give us true freedom, eternal life, and bring us back to the Father, to the Most High God. Only Jesus can do that. We know in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. So Jesus, he's the only one who has died and come back to life. And there's so much proof of that, including what I just read to you. Over 500 people at one time saw Jesus, and so many others saw Jesus after he arose. And you can just look at the apostles, the disciples, Peter especially, because they were totally transformed when they saw the risen Savior. The one who was running away and denying Jesus was all of a sudden standing in front of the very people who put Jesus to death, knowing that he could end up going out the same way Jesus did. But he didn't care because he saw the risen Savior, and his life was changed. And that's why the gospel is still with us today. Jesus arose from that grave. He is alive. He ascended to heaven. He is at the right hand of the Father, and he is coming back. He is coming back. And this time when he comes back, judgment's going to take place. He came to serve. He came to save the first time. The second time is for judgment. So that's why I ask you, have you received this salvation that I'm talking about? Have you received Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord? When Paul wrote to the Galatians, he was talking about something weighing heavy on them. And that weight, he called a yoke. Paul writes again in Galatians 5, 1, do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. That word yoke means of troublesome law imposed on on one, especially the Mosaic law. And the truth that Paul preached was through Jesus Christ alone to salvation and justification come to everyone, which fulfills the promise that God gave to Abraham of being a blessing to the nations. And let's read that. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all families of the earth shall be blessed." God promised Abraham that he would make him a blessing to the nations, that all families of the earth shall be blessed through him. Through Abraham's family lineage would come the Messiah, and we can follow that lineage, and we see where that is true. And that Messiah is the Savior, Jesus Christ. These false teachers that had infiltrated the Galatian church 
were trying to weigh down the Galatians with the yoke of slavery to the law. These false teachers were, were preaching that uncircumcised Gentiles were excluded from the Abrahamic covenant, which was not true at all. Paul taught the truth about how Jesus sets us free from the yoke of slavery to the law. We are no longer under the law. We are under grace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus fulfilled the law, which nobody else was able to do. Nobody can do that. Jesus did. Now Jesus has set us free from the yoke of the law, and he has set us free from the yoke of sin, the yoke of slavery to sin. For As I mentioned at the beginning, when we're in sin, we're, we're enslaved to it, whatever that sin is. You know your, your sin. I know my sin. If we become entrapped in sin, we become a slave to sin. And Jesus came to set us free from that so we can live in freedom, freedom in him. Paul is telling the Galatians in this scripture, and therefore he's telling us that freedom where Christ has made us free was purchased at a great cost because we know that Jesus, the Son of God, became incarnated. He became man, and he suffered greatly, and he died on the cross. Jesus voluntarily allowed himself to be crucified on the cross to give us freedom. Think about that for a second. The Son of God, Jesus himself, voluntarily came here to earth to live like one of us, and he voluntarily allowed himself to be beaten unlike we could ever imagine and to be nailed to a cross, to be crucified, and to die. He did that voluntarily because he loves you, because he loves me, because of his obedience to the Father. Jesus became one of us, suffered and died for our freedom. And that freedom that he died for was freedom that man voluntarily gave away. We read in Genesis how the first sin came into the world through Adam and Eve, and we've kept sinning more and more ever since then. But Jesus came to set us free from that. Have you received that freedom that he gives us? Because I'm going to tell you it's the greatest feeling in the world. It's the greatest experience is to experience the love of Christ in your life and to be free from the bondage of sin. The truth of the matter is redemption of man is hopeless without Jesus. We needed a redeemer, the intervention of a redeemer, so that we would escape the bondage of sin and the wrath of God. And Jesus came to do just that. So outside of Jesus, there is no hope. There is no escaping sin. There is no escaping judgment for our sins. Only through Jesus can we be free and can we be forgiven and can we be made right with our Heavenly Father, God Almighty himself. Before Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Galatians, they were entangled in a big mess. <laughs> they were entangled with yoke of bondage to the worship of false and vile gods and Jesus saved them from that. He set them free from that bondage as Paul preached the gospel to them. However, if they listened to those false teachers, they would be in bondage again. And their bondage would be even more oppressive this time because they've already tasted the joys of freedom through Jesus. And See, that's what we have to remember. As we come to Christ 
He sets us free. Don't let's don't go back to that bondage, whatever it was. Let's stay with Jesus and keep living for Him. And and the more we live for Him, the more we are in His Word studying, the more we are praying to Him, the more we are telling others about Him, the more we are making disciples, the more freedom we we experience through Jesus because we learn more and more about him and he truly does set us free. So have you tasted the joys of freedom through Jesus? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? If you have, again, don't return back to that bondage. If you never have experienced that freedom, then I encourage you to ask Jesus into your heart today. That word slavery, again, as I mentioned earlier, I know it's not a word that people like to say nowadays because of a very bad connotation. But this word is, is what each of us are, as I've mentioned, to sin. And by nature, we are bond slave to sin. In other words, we're all under the bondage of sin. And when the Apostle Paul wrote this to the Galatians, it was his desire that they not return to the bondage of Jewish laws. The Jewish were under bondage to the ceremonial law. The Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, they added their own laws to the Mosaic law. Like the law wasn't already hard enough, the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, added to that. Now, they thought they were adding divine laws to to them, but they weren't. They were just adding this more heaviness, more of a yoke of bondage upon the Jews. And they were trying, these false teachers were trying to do that to, to, to Christians and trying to bring them under that bondage. And Paul was saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't go that way. Because Jesus came to set you free. And Jesus Christ, by his obedience and death, he, he has purchased freedom and liberty for each one of us to set us free from the dominion of sin, from the tyranny of Satan, the curse and irritating power of the law, and from subjecting our consciousness to rites, doctrines, ceremonies, and laws of men in the matter of worship. Jesus came to set us free from all of that. The truth is... If we have not surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ, we are in bondage under sin. We are in bondage under Satan who keeps unrepentant sinners in his trap. We're in bondage under an evil conscience which sits in the heart as accuser and judge and lies in wait to take your life and drag you down to hell. People are in bondage under the wrath of God and fear of eternal death. However, Jesus, he came to set us free, to give us liberty, to give us freedom, freedom that's only found in him. He came to deliver us from misery, from the curse of the law, from the observance of the ceremonial law of Moses, from the tyranny and dominion of sin. Christian liberty is freedom in good things. Think about that. Freedom in good things and voluntary service to God, liberty to come to God and in prayer knowing that we are heard by Almighty God himself. And Jesus gives us freedom and liberty to enter heaven. Man, that's awesome. (laughs) That is good news, praise God. Jesus procured this liberty by the merit of his death when he died on that cross. The price that he paid with his precious blood. Through his spirit, we are assured of adoption into the kingdom of God and freedom from the strength and power of sin. Our faith in Jesus must be rooted in our hearts. And Paul reminds us 
salvation and justification does not come under the law. It comes from faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone. So as Paul wrote to the Galatians, telling them don't go back under that bondage of law. Don't let them drag you there. Stick with Jesus, your faith in him. And as we read God's word, we can easily see where we can all be held in bondage. We may not be in bondage to the Jewish law, but we're in bondage to some kind of sin in our life. But Jesus came to set us free. He came to give us salvation so we can have eternal life with him forever and ever and ever. It never ends. We're with him forever. So I want to ask you, where is your faith? What or who do you place your faith in? I promise you this. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he will never, ever let you down. And you will experience personal freedom like you never have before. Being a follower of Jesus, it's not easy. He tells us that. But I can tell you, I can assure you that it's the best life we could ever live. Through all of the trials and tribulations of life, we can know that he is with us, and he has already won the victory. Jesus has already won the victory, and he's come to give us salvation. I have lived this life for myself in sin, and I've lived this life for Jesus. And there's no comparison. Man, I I wish I would have made the decision earlier than when I did. I was 23 years old when I came to Jesus. That's why it excites me when I see young people, teenagers, living for Jesus now, because I'm like, man, if I would have just done that. But you know what? Praise God. When I was 23 years old, the conviction of the Holy Spirit came on me (laughs) so strong. And I was in, I had a Chevrolet Chevette at that time. And that night, in 1989, I gave my life to Jesus. I surrendered to him. I told him I needed him. I I was empty, and I needed him. And he came in, he forgave me, and he cleansed me, and he set me free from the sin that I was entrapped in. Now, have I been perfect since 1989? No way. (laughs) People who know me out there is yelling, amen. (laughs) But what has happened since since 18, I'm not that old, since 1989, is Jesus is my Savior, is my Lord, and that walk with him daily. When I mess up, I remember 1 John 1, 9. It says, confess your sins to God, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. When I realized that that was written to the church, that gave me even more freedom because that spoke to me. The guy was saying, look, I know you're saved. I know you're you're, you're doing your best to live for me. But when you mess up, come to me, and I, I want to forgive you, and I want to cleanse you. And when I understood that, well, man, you talk about another level of freedom. Because too many times when we give our lives to Jesus, we think, well, i got to be perfect from this point on. You're not going to be perfect. You're just not. You're human. I'm human. We're going to make a mistake. We're going to make mistakes. I pray daily for God to forgive me. And ask him to help me overcome whatever I needed forgiven from. And it's a process. It's called sanctification. And it's a process that, that is just is daily. Day by day, living for Jesus, learning more about him. So I want to encourage you today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a simple prayer to give your life to Jesus. And I pray that you will pray this prayer 
and mean it with all your heart, and Jesus will come in, and he will forgive you, and he will set you free and give you eternal life. Just pray something like this. Dear God, I come to you, a sinner in need of your salvation. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I believe with all my heart that on the third day you raised him from the dead, that he ascended to heaven and he lives forever, and that he's coming back. And I want to be ready. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways. I turn to you. And I want to live for you. I thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I thank you for living for me. I thank you for saving me. And I love you. Fill me fresh with your spirit, Father God, and help me to live for you day by day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to do something. Tell somebody. And I also encourage you to give me a a call or give me an an email. Our phone number at Love and Action is 334-494-4995. My email is Address is ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. And I encourage you to reach out to me because I want to send you some information, give you some next steps because you're at the beginning now. The most important step you just took to surrender your life to Jesus, to receive his forgiveness and his salvation. Now I want to encourage you to be baptized, and I want to encourage you to start reading and studying the Word of God and get into a biblically-based, discipleship-making body of believers. And there's some good churches out there that do that. We also offer discipleship here at Love and Action. What's discipleship? It's training you, teaching you how to live this life out for Jesus. And so we need, we need that. We need to go through that. Jesus tells us to, commands us to make disciples. So we need to become a disciple so we can make disciples as well. So I encourage you to do that as well. And for those of you who are believers, tell people about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. They need to know so they too can have an opportunity to make the greatest decision of their lives, and that's to give their lives to Jesus Christ. And we need to be in his word, studying his word, and making disciples. Ken, you talk so much about making disciples. That's because Jesus commands us to And let me tell you from personal experience of making disciples for years now, it's awesome. Is it a time commitment? Yes. Is it worth it? You better believe it. Whatever we commit our time to is what we believe is is worth it, right? And we can commit our times to all kinds of things like TV and sports and whatever. There's, There's a gajillion things out there that can take our time. And, and a lot of those things, they're not bad in of themselves, but we need to have balance there. But we need to be teaching others. And the more that we teach and train others, the more we grow ourselves. Like Martha and I, we teach discipleship classes and like DM Squared, Disciples Making Disciple Makers, 50 Commands of Christ, and the Creation of Christ Story, and, and, and many other classes. And we love it because each time we teach it, teach it to a new person or to a new group, we learn more. We learn more. So it's, it's, it's exciting to make disciples, to train and teach others, to see what God does in their lives. But it's also awesome for us, for what he does in our lives. So I just want to encourage you to, to commit to making disciples. And if you don't know how, well, ask your pastor. or Come check out Love in Action. You can check out our website at loveinactionministries.com. 
and look for the Love in Action School of Discipleship. Click on that, and you can see the, the different uh, discipleship classes that we do teach. And part of making the disciple is what Jesus did with his disciples. He took them out and trained them how to serve and how to share the gospel, how to pray with others, and, and we do that as well because that's all part of making disciples. But praise God for his son Jesus who came to set us free, who died for our sins on the cross, who was buried and on the third day, God raised from the dead. And Jesus lives, and Jesus wants to give us everlasting life. Praise God for that. Let's praise him. Let's worship him with our lives, and let's tell others about him. Well, we are out of time for today. I just want to say thank you for joining me today and that Jesus loves you so much. And I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.